I love the movies. And when I go to see a movie that's been made from one of my books, I know that it isn't going to be exactly like my novel because a lot of other people have interpreted it. But I also know it has an idea I'll like because that idea occurred to me and I spent a year or a year and a half of my life working on it. Stephen King. The book was better than the movie. Every reader always. Welcome to Bookish, a literary podcast. I'm Paul, and today we'll be delving into the ever-popular book-to-film adaptation debate, the good and the bad. There's plenty of good, and unfortunately plenty of bad, with most hardcore readers believing, as I said in the quote at the beginning of this episode, that the book is always better than the movie. I think we're going to find that's not always the case, but we'll see as the episode goes on. This isn't going to be an in-depth study of film history versus literary history, and I'm going to do my best to confine myself to cases where I have both read the book and seen the film, although there will be some obvious mentions that have to be mentioned where that just wasn't the case. We all know that for as long as there have been movies, filmmakers have been turning books into films. From the Iliad and the Odyssey to the plays of Shakespeare, Hollywood's always been ready to bring successful and even unsuccessful book or play to the big screen. They do this in part because people are more likely to see a film that's based on something they're already familiar with. This is why sequels, though typically inferior to the original, and do not blow up my email, all you Marvel fans, still get made in large numbers. This built-in audience makes films made from books less of a financial risk. And Hollywood is about money far more than they are about art. Before delving into the book versus movie, which is better question, I wanted to look at something that I found a little interesting. Given that books are a ready source of material for the movies, I wondered, are there certain authors that Hollywood is particularly partial to? I mean, beyond the obvious classics like the Bible and Homer and Shakespeare and Dickens, are there authors that have a greater number of their works turned into films than others? Well, I found a list of five of the 20th century authors with the most book-to-film translations. Now, this does not include television shows, only movies. Number one on the list should really be no surprise, Stephen King. With around 90 films made from his novels and short stories, he may indeed be the king of -of print-to-film success. Beginning with Carrie in 1976, film adaptations of his works have been huge commercial hits, including The Shining, Misery, and The Shawshank Redemption. While, at least for me, none of them have ever been as frightening as his books, 
the films made from Stephen King books continue to scare the hell out of us to this day. Number two is W. Somerset Mom, one of my all-time favorite authors. The name will surprise a lot of people today, especially the, the many who've never heard of him. But in the first half of the 20th century, Mom was the most commercially successful author alive. The 64 films made from his works also spanned the longest period of novel-to-film success. His novel, The Explorer, was made into a film in 1915, and most recently, The Painted Veil was released in 2006. He also likely holds the distinction of most books filmed multiple times. The Painted Veil, in 1934 and 2006, of Human Bondage, 1934, 1946, and 1964, The Razor's Edge in 1946 and 1984, Theater in 1962 and 2004, and Miss Thompson in 1928, 1932, and 1953. Number three on the list, and someone that, if you're a long-time listener to this podcast, you knew I would find a way to work in, Ernest Hemingway. In 29 films, he falls well back of the previous two authors on the list, but he is, after all, Hemingway. From A Farewell to Arms in 1932, through Night Express in 2006, Hemingway's been just a fixture in both print and film for nearly 100 years. Number four, John Grisham. With 10 books made into films in the span of 11 years, Grisham has probably the best ratio of any author. The Firm, which was released in 1993, remains both a great book and a really good film, which, as we'll see from the list that we're about to get into, is pretty rare. Number five is J.K. Rowling. And the list wouldn't be complete without her, mainly because her first seven books were made into eight films, which is a pretty good average. The Harry Potter novels have set sales records that will just never be broken, and the films may ultimately be the most successful series of all time. So those are the top five authors who've had films made from their books. Now let's get into some of the which is better question. And I'll tell you at the outset, this is going to be a little bit disjointed, I may be jumping around some, partly because I'm still on an adrenaline high from the Stars winning in round one in overtime. Go Stars! This is also a good time to say that although there have been many times where I've wanted to see a film because I loved a book, there are actually quite a few times where I've wanted to go back and read the book because I enjoyed the film. Right now, my top three in that category would be The Perks of Being a Wallflower, L.A. Confidential, and Deadpool. Number one on my list of great books that were made into great movies is, of course, The Godfather. I mean, I consider The Godfather the greatest film ever made. And oddly enough, The Godfather Part Two might even be better. 
what's interesting and what a lot of people don't know because they haven't read the novel is that a lot of Godfather Part Two came from the original novel as well, especially all of the backstory about Vito Corleone. And while Mario Puzo's book was a massive bestseller and deserved all the accolades that it received, this is one case where I believe, and there's another one that we're about to talk about, where the film was far better than even a great book for a lot of reasons. Puzo worked on the screenplay with Francis Ford Coppola, but Coppola's influence really kind of helped trim down some things that wouldn't have worked well in the film, especially some of the more lurid, descriptive sections that Puzo liked to put in. In fact, there were times reading the book where you could almost call it Fifty Shades of Sonny Corleone. Probably, at least for me, the second best, and it will sometimes vie for the position of first, adaptation from a book to a film, is Goodfellas. Maybe one of the greatest movies ever made, and maybe the greatest mob movie ever made, with all due respect to The Godfather. A lot of people don't know that it was adapted from a book, and not a novel, but a non-fiction book. Nicholas Pileggi wrote Henry Hill's story, and Martin Scorsese turned it into a masterpiece. And if you'd like to read the book, one thing you should know is that the title is not Goodfellas, but Wise Guy. It was renamed for the film, and appropriately so. The next example of where I think they really got the adaptation right from the book to the film was Nick Hornby's High Fidelity. It's a great book, a book everyone of a certain age, and especially guys of a certain age, should read. And it probably would have worked being made in London, as that's where the book was set. But John Cusack took it and set it in Chicago, and it worked amazingly well there. If you've never seen the film, you need to see it just for Jack Black. But it, it was a great adaptation. There are two Dashiell Hammett books on this list that were made into movies. The Thin Man, starring William Powell and Myrna Loy, and The Maltese Falcon, starring Humphrey Bogart. Both excellent films, both excellent books. I think that in the Thin Man series, I lean towards saying that the movies were better, especially the first three or four, simply because there were three or four, and actually a few more, they probably should have stopped after the fourth one, where there was only one Thin Man novel. The characters were great. I wish Hammond had written more about them, but he didn't, so we have the films. Given the fact that he did have 90 books and short stories turned into films. It probably goes without saying that Stephen King would have one land on my list of great adaptations. Although I will say The Shining being the one that I chose, while it was a great film, it was nowhere near as terrifying as the book. Now it may have helped that I read the book when I was 11 and it just 
I could not read a Stephen King book for more than a decade after that. It scared me so much. And even King wasn't crazy about the adaptation for a lot of years, although he has seemed to soften that tone recently. I loved Shawshank Redemption, but I have to admit, I never read the short story. One of my favorite novels of all time, and one that I have reread every year since, I guess around 1985, is Somerset Mom's The Razor's Edge. That was made into two films, as I mentioned earlier, one in 1946 and one in 1984. And I'm kind of torn on the films. I can't say that they're great, but they're not bad. The 46 version was a little bit wooden, as a lot of films in that era were. And the 1984 version, made by Bill Murray, was his first real attempt at dramatic acting. In fact, he only agreed to do Ghostbusters 2 in order to finance that film. And he couldn't quite pull it off because the main character, Larry Darrell, is a very serious young man throughout the book. And there were just times where no matter how hard he tried, Bill Murray was 1980's Bill Murray. Given how much he has developed as an actor over the years, what I think would be a really interesting thing to see is if he remade the film again, but this time played the character of Uncle Elliot. I'd definitely pay to see that. All eight of the Harry Potter films would make my list. I'm not gonna go into them here. A lot has been said about how much was left out, but if you hadn't left out a lot, every one of the books would have been made into two or three films and it would still be going on. Which for a lot of Potterheads, that would be fine. Next, we come to the adaptations of Tolkien's two greatest works, The Lord of the Rings trilogy and The Hobbit. And I think we have a case of night and day with these adaptations. The Lord of the Rings trilogy was excellent, both as a book and as a film, or as books and films, since there were three of each. And yes, I know a lot was left out from the books, but again, as in the case of Harry Potter, there was no way around that. But they brought Middle Earth and the characters to life. And they're still some of my favorite films to this day. On the flip side, you have The Hobbit, which, as much as I respect Peter Jackson, was essentially a cash grab. The Hobbit was one of the first books I ever read and was the first fantasy book I ever read. And taking that masterpiece and extending it into three films with a whole lot of content that wasn't in the book, it's just simply unforgivable. And Jackson just should be ashamed of himself. As you may have guessed, we've now made the turn into books that I feel like were made into really bad movies. 
after The Hobbit, the first film adaptation that I would put on any list of why in the world did they do it and what in the world were they thinking is Brett Easton Ellis's Less Than Zero. Ellis is best known for American Psycho, but the completely amoral teenagers in L.A. in Less Than Zero are far more terrifying to me than any cannibal could be. And the book, for as troubling as it was, was a minor masterpiece, especially given the fact that Ellis wrote it in his college dorm, sitting on the floor in six weeks. It's just, it boggles my mind that he was able to do that. The film, on the other hand, was very glitzy, very Brat Pack era stuff that was essentially an hour and a half long don't do drugs commercial. I mean, Nancy Reagan must have loved it. The best performance was Robert Downey Jr. playing a drug addict at a time when we didn't know that he wasn't actually acting. Another film adaptation that would have to make this list and could probably make it several times because it's been made several times is The Great Gatsby. But I'm going to focus on the 2013 version starring Leonardo DiCaprio. And it's really hard for me to slam this film because I thought of the various versions that have been made that DiCaprio came the closest to actually capturing Jay Gatsby. But the film was more about the set pieces and the special effects. Well, not special effects exactly, but the the glitz and the parties and the visuals and the costumes. And you never really got the story. It, It just was not a good adaptation. And I'm not sure you can make a good adaptation of what may be the greatest novel ever written in the English language. Next, and not to stomp on my children's childhood memories, but there has probably not been a single good adaptation of a Dr. Seuss book. Now, Jim Carrey, I'll admit, played a pretty good Grinch, but the film was terrible. The Cat in the Hat was terrible. The Lorax was terrible. Stop making movies out of Dr. Seuss books. And speaking of my children, although I didn't read any of these books myself, I did see a few of the movies. I consider them reliable sources when they tell me that the film adaptations of both The Hunger Games and the Percy Jackson series just should never have been made. And they're especially vehement about how poorly made the Percy Jackson adaptations were. of good to bad ends with the classic Dr. Zhivago but with a twist the 
final adaptation in this category is actually not a great book that was made into a terrible movie, but a terrible book that was made into a great movie. The film is an all-time classic, and the book is one of the most frustrating reads I've ever had this side of Ulysses. Boris Pasternak was a poet by trade, and this was the only novel he ever wrote, and he really needed an editor. It was just a slog, and how they managed to make such a great film from that book is an amazing story in itself. So that's my brief take on the book-to-film adaptation question. But I want to leave you with this thought. Maybe the best adaptations are actually the ones that are never made. For example, Carlos Ruiz Safan's Shadow of the Wind and the entire Cemetery of Forgotten Book series would, in almost any other case, have already been made into a film franchise. I mean, the first book sold more than 15 million copies worldwide. But he has steadfastly refused to allow them to be made into films, even though he himself is also a screenwriter because he says there's no way to accurately transform the books into film. And I think that's true in a lot of cases, maybe every case. No amount of CGI or other movie magic could ever recreate the Cemetery of Forgotten Books as I saw it in my mind first time I read The Shadow of the Wind. And I think sometimes it's just best if we leave it that way. Because each of us see books, see the stories that we read, a little bit different than anyone else does. We see, in essence, a little movie in our own heads. And I think maybe we should leave it that way. And if screenwriters would get back to writing great original screenplays, like, for example, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, written by the same man who wrote The Princess Bride, maybe we could. Keep on reading. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Bookish. I hope you found it both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to keep episodes like this coming, I'd also like you to consider supporting us by clicking the support this podcast link on the anchor site. For as little as 99 cents a month, you can keep episodes like this coming and also help us get to the point where we're completely ad-free. Thanks again.